1: This is Somewhere in the Skies with Ryan Sprague.
2: What's up, guys? Ryan Sprague here from Somewhere in the Skies. This is going to be fun, I think. I hope you guys like what we're doing tonight. Um. So... This actually, what we're going to be talking about tonight came to my attention by um, a gentleman named Shane S., who is one of my Patreon subscribers, and uh, we've been emailing back and forth a few times about UFOs, and he brought this to my attention after I recently had uh, Dan Warren on the live stream, talking about this uh, very mysterious Chapter 13 in a United States Air Force Academy textbook in physics course, all about UFOs, so... Uh, out of nowhere, to be completely honest, um, Shane brought to my attention that there is a chapter 13 in another book, and this had to do with fire officers. Um, so for fire departments and whatnot, it is the Fire Officers Guide to Disaster Control. And just like in this Air Force Academy textbook, this was chapter 13 in a quote-unquote manual about UFOs. So I, I could not not talk about this i know that this has been out in the public many ufo researchers know about it it's been talked about there's been new segments on it one of which i'm going to share with you tonight um i'm going to go through this chapter with you guys pick out some of the stuff i thought was kind of cool and interesting and i'm just going to explore the chapter with you um so we might go line by line um i don't know i don't know how this is going to go uh, you might be bored out of your mind or i would love for you guys to chime in in the chat Let's get to it, guys. The Fire Officer's Guide to Disaster Control. Again, I have Shane to thank for bringing this to my attention. I am not pretending I uncovered this or that it is a revelation or brand new, but it was brand new to me, and I thought it'd be cool to discuss tonight. So um, I guess let's just talk a little about what this thing is. Um, It's a guide to disaster control. So basically, this is something that would come out. Um, that the fire departments across the united states uh would use uh for preparedness for any situation that might arise when it comes to um attacks or disasters and of course like i mentioned earlier there was a chapter put at the end of this manual chapter 13 about ufos but um let me go ahead and um I want to play what me and Dan Warren and Luisa, uh, I almost said Luisa Elizondo, Luis Jimenez talked about, and this was this Air Force Academy chapter on UFOs in one of their textbooks. And Dan Warren, who has the um, the fifth pillar of emphasis TikTok channel, um, made like this 10 part TikTok series about this chapter in the Air Force thing. So I had him come on the show and talk all about it, break it down for us. But I'm going to play the first, of the TikTok videos, TikTok videos. God, TikTok. TikTok is never going to be the same, guys. Let's be honest. Um, it's going to be a Freudian slip forever now when it comes to UFOs. Um, let me go ahead and play the first video of the TikTok that Dan Warren put out about the Air Force chapter and some of the resemblances it has to uh, this chapter as well.
3: This may be hard to believe, but the U.S. Air Force Academy used to educate its cadets about UFOs between 1968 and 1970. And this wasn't just some professor's opinion, this was in their textbook, which was confirmed by the Deputy Director of Public Information at the Air Force Academy. The cadets that enrolled in Physics 370 were required to have a textbook titled Introductory Space Science. The very last chapter in this textbook was titled Unidentified Flying Objects. And according to the LeMor Advance, the students were taught to stop scoffing at UFOs and instead to keep an open mind on the subject. This course was an elective that attracted about 20 students per semester. That means for the five semesters that this was in place, about 100 cadets were exposed to this information.
2: So, yeah, if anyone hasn't seen the entire kind of breakdown that Dan did, um, if you're on TikTok, head over there and you can watch it there. Fifth Pillar of Emphasis is his handle um, or go to his YouTube channel, Fifth Pillar of Emphasis as well. He's put the entire um, string of videos together into one cohesive video for you over there. Um, and yeah, that was pretty interesting. A chapter on UFOs in the Air Force Academy book on physics. And we kind of dug through what we thought was interesting and whatnot. And a lot of it was stuff we knew. It was things pulled directly from Project Blue Book or things pulled from the work of Dr. J. Allen Hynek as well. Um, and that's kind of what this chapter is, too, that we're going to be talking about tonight. But there are some pretty cool things as well. First, I want to talk about the authors of this chapter. Um, And that was Dr. William Kramer and um Charles Chuck Bame, and I'm just going to go through briefly these guys' uh, credentials and why they were a part of this manual. Um So William Kramer um, was a baccalaureate degree holder in industrial management and business administration, master's degree in industrial relations, and a PhD in administrative management from the University of Cincinnati. Let's see. He has edited numerous course guides for the open learning fire service program and published numerous fire service Journal. Articles. Um, and then we have Chuck Baum in Baume bomb. Baum, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Um, he's the author of many fire service articles as well as books, including the handbook of disaster control predecessor to the fire officers guide to disaster control, which we're talking about tonight. He's written guides to dangerous chemicals, fire protection for chemicals, fire officers guide to emergency action. The list goes on and on. These guys are highly credentialed and they are the ones to be writing a manual like this. And they wrote chapter 13 in this thing about UFOs chapter 13 in the air force textbook chapter 13 in the fire officers manual I don't know if there's some weird connection there maybe it's you know all these things are 12 chapters and then they squeeze that last chapter in there of what they really want to talk about which seems to be UFOs I don't know um but I thought that was pretty interesting that in both books they were chapter 13 it's got such a the number 13 has such a mysterious atmosphere to it anyway. So, so yeah, let's see here. Hmm. More studios says, um, <laughs> uh, BN says what I'm curious about is how did these guys get enough clearance to factually say what they say and how did it make it to print? That's the question. BN, why are these things in there? And, um, why, y- y- why, why is the biggest question? And a lot of the chapter, I will admit, is things pulled directly. Quotes from UFO researchers or um things from Project Blue Book or things like that, which we're going to kind of run through. Um So a lot of it, it was a lot of copy and paste, to be honest. But again, this is a, a book that's made for firefighters, for emergency workers, for things like FEMA, to prepare for literally any situation. Um So... That's kind of the reasoning from what I've been told and what we'll hear from Bill Kramer, one of the writers about why this is here. We have to prepare for any situation. Um, and I think it was the same with the air force Academy as well. Like, what if this could happen? We're not saying it's real. We're not saying that it's extraterrestrial, but what if it happened? How would we deal with it? And we need to know that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's kind of the why. But when we get deeper into the chapter, um, I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts. Um, it's very curious no matter what. I would have to agree. Nick says, it's fairly well known within the fire police law enforcement circles. I can only say that roughly half a dozen firefighters have discussed this chapter with me over the years. So, again, like, this isn't just some make-believe thing. Like, this was real. This was in textbooks. And you can buy this this book, this manual. You can buy it on Amazon. I don't have a link for it. But if you put the title in, you can definitely, um, it's out there. You can obtain this thing. So, what I think we'll do, guys, is I'm just going to run through some of this. See what you guys find most appealing. Here's, like, the breakdown of Chapter 13. As you'll see, it's been... Called um enemy attack and UFO potential. What is war, <laughs> causes of war, effects of nuclear attacks, and then we get down to UFO threat a fact. Um ad- adverse potential of UFOs, which is really interesting, and UFOs and emergency action. UFO threat a fact. So I mean that's pretty interesting right there. UFO threat a fact. <laughs> um I don't know if a lot of people would agree with that, that UFOs are a threat. That seems to be what we're hearing a lot nowadays, um, that it could be a potential threat. So we need to look into it. That's good. We should be looking into it. It could be a potential threat. We don't know because we do not know what we're dealing with and neither does our military. So, um, yeah, if we're talking about emergency workers or fire fighters or anyone in that realm of safety and, um, and protection, I guess, uh, this could be a threat. Um, in this chapter, we'll turn our attention to the very real threat posed by unidentified flying objects, whether they exist or not. Um, they talk about the Orson Welles show and um, kind of the panic that was caused by that, which has been drastically, I believe, um, overstated and uh, exaggerated. Um, but it people freaked out, and I'm sure there were people who thought it was real and and apparently there were some deaths involved. I don't know if that's part of the exaggeration or not. Um, but let's see what else we have here in the first part. Throughout this book, many of the references to actual events are based on the experiences of both of the authors. However, in the area of UFOs and their potential, we are relying largely on the research and experiences of Charles Baum. Chuck has made a considerable study of these, of, of this subject and um, is acquiring many publications and VCR tapes. Wow, that's a throwback. This book is from 1992. I forgot to mention that, guys, um, to augment his library on this and related phenomena. So what it's sounding like to me is one of the authors of this book, who happened to also do a lot of work in um, fire safety and um, putting these books together, was a UFO guy. And, um, hey can't fault him for that I'm a UFO guy you're a UFO guy UFO woman UFO person and um if they could slip a chapter into one of their books about UFOs I'm sure that was you know a uh, gold star on the uh, the old board there for them so maybe that's why maybe that's why um let's see what you guys are saying here in the chat before I move on Nick says. Ryan, as you know, my father was lieutenant in the Milwaukee Fire Department with 31 years of service. Wow, Nick, that's incredible. Um, wow, thank you. Thank you for his service. His closest friend on the job was a deputy chief. He spoke with me at length and referred to Heinic by name. That's pretty freaking cool. That is cool. Um, vast twilight says coming from an EMS background. I think one, the first section is legit, meaning that it discusses invasion and what to do in that scenario, foreign power invasion and what to do. Um, yeah. That's very true I again this this book is about what to do in any situation, whether it's a foreign adversary attacking us here in the United States, or something we just can't simply explain which UFOs are one of and they're not saying they're alien they're saying these are unidentified phenomena that could cause a disaster and we need to be ready to deal with it and help people so um yeah yeah, I think that's that's a good thing that's a good way to put it last Let's see. You said also number two, the UFO part is a training think outside the box scenario to prepare for things outside of the norm. But in hindsight, it seems to be pretty fortuitous. Yes. I think that this chapter was probably put in this book and also in the Air Force Academy book. For cadets and for firefighters and EMTs and everyone to think outside of what they normally would. Because the minute you become complacent, um, and routine is when, you know, that part of the brain stops working of what to do in a situation you are, you have not seen before. And I know police officers and EMT workers and, and firefighters, like they have to be ready for something that they don't quite expect. And that's why those jobs are extremely dangerous. I'm sure they see the same things day in and day out in some ways, but there's going to come a time where something really throws him for a loop and a UFO invasion, or even just a close encounter, which many firefighters and police officers and EMTs have had what to do. And we're going to get to that as well. The um, physiological effects, which was in here too, which is really interesting. Let's see. Important thing to note is that in subsequent editions, subsequent Excuse me. I've been told I say that word wrong all the time, and I know I do. Subsequent editions, the UFO chapter remains. Interesting. That's very interesting. Morcavice Studio says, hey, bring it up, but think of 9-11. They weren't prepared, but darn, did they step up. I could understand preparing for anything. Yeah, it's true. Um, Let's move back to the chapter here background information with no intention of trying to prove or disprove the authenticity of numerous UFO encounters related by credible witnesses, including airline and military pilots, astronauts, police officers, firefighters, members of Congress, and even U.S. presidents or a U.S. president at the time that this was written. The balance of this chapter will be to present a brief history and nature of UFOs and their alleged occupants. Really interesting that um, we're kind of starting with the history of ufology when it comes to this. What are UFOs? William Shakespeare put a fitting observation in the mouth of Hamlet, the Prince of Denmark, that went like this. There are more things in heaven and earth ratio than are dreamed in your philosophy and seen. That's my Broadway coming out. Whether Hamlet was referring to those strange lights or objects that appear in the sky or near the ground um, and have no known cause, we will never know. But the world book... in World Book Encyclopedia defines such things as UFOs. So we're getting like a crash course in UFOs in the first few things here. They have the classification system that Dr. J. Allen Hynek came up with. Um, let's see. Nocturnal lights, daylight disks, close encounters, radar readings. So that's pretty cool. Shapes of UFOs. All different times types of ufos have been reported flying saucers glowing tubes semi-spherical apertures um reddish orange glows or fire like or sparking discharges which would definitely be of interest to firefighters for sure and how to deal with that just imagine i like with a hose spraying a ufo i'm sure it's happened i'm definitely sure it's happened um, Nick says, said deputy chief was, um, let's see, a UFO guy, but I know that he made a point of hammering this chapter into the heads of cadets at the fire academy when he taught courses. Wow. That's interesting, Nick. He really wanted people to to talk about this. Ooh, can we see the appendix? Yes, I will definitely get to the appendix of this. Um, they give a really cool um, list of books to read about UFOs and stuff like that. So I will definitely try to touch on that with you guys. Let's get back to the chapter. So they go into the history of UFOs. Um, What was interesting, um, not so much a compare, I guess a comparison, but not a connection. Um, This Air Force Academy thing, when they went into the history of UFOs, they went back to the ancient times in terms of like, why some alien race would come to Earth and seed our planet and the evolution of humans through that. It was a crazy, crazy, crazy story in in that chapter. Here we have it starting with what a lot of us know as the modern UFO era, and that started around World War II with the Foo Fighters. Where there's Foo, there's fire. Nice little pun there in this um, fire officer's handbook. In the middle of the 1900s, flying saucers were increasingly observed in the United States and other countries countries. Um they talk about the University of Colorado were hired by the Air Force from 66 to 68 to study this type of aerial phenomena. Most could be ex- ex- explained as stars, Venus, meteors, planets, balloons, rockets, blah 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 some atmospheric conditions, optical illusions, and all the same debunking crap that Blue Book and the Condit Committee went through. After investigating more than 12,000 reports, the US Air Force was unable to explain where the unexplained UFOs came from, but apparently, apparently concluded that the national security was not threatened by them. Um, that's what we were told, uh, but now we have sort of a turnabout face with the Navy and the Pentagon saying they could be a threat um, to national security, especially in an age of drones. So we got to figure it out. We got to shed the stigma. We need these things reported because it could be a potential threat. A lot of talking about UFO organizations. Let's see, this is 92. So yeah, we got a lot of the, the good players, NICAP, MUFON, CAUSE, Um, Ground Saucer Watch. That's one I haven't heard in a while. QFOS, which was the um, organization run and started by J. Allen Hynek. And APRO, the Aerial Phenomena Research Organization. Um, why the secrecy, they say? Well, I'm sure we can deduce that... If we don't know what it is, we don't want to panic the public and say we don't know what it is. So what we do find out, we need to keep close to the chest until we can fully understand this stuff. They talk about Donald Kehoe, his work, and how he was trying to unravel the truth embargo on UFOs when it comes to the Air Force and the Pentagon. So a lot of this is the history of UFOs, um, which is cool, but it's not really anything we haven't heard before. Wasn't really expecting that. UFO missions. I found this really interesting. Many reasons have been advanced for the purpose of the UFO's visits to our planet. Although some of the persons who apparently have been subject of genetic investigation, such as the family of Whitley Strieber, this chapter is talking about communion and Whitley Strieber. I found this both hilarious and very interesting. i um, talking about Mr. Strieber's abductions. Um, what else? He talks about Incident at Exeter, the John Fuller book. Uh, Wow. Really, really interesting stuff um, into the history of ufology. Again, like, is this to really throw off those reading it and have them really open their minds um, that some of this could be true? Who's to say it's not? We have yet to definitively prove Um, a lot of UFOs and a lot of claims by abductees. We were not there when it happened. We can't definitively say it did not happen. And I've been guilty of calling people liars or fantasy prone, but I tend to think that the older I get, the more skeptical I become, but the more respectful I am as well, that I was not there when these things happened. So really interesting that um, a lot of this is in this chapter. Adverse potential of UFOs. Now, this is where I think... The meat of why this chapter is in here is here, and that is what harm these UFOs could cause. Not an invasion so much, but even just a close encounter. Um, So let's talk about that in just a minute here. Let's see here. Adverse potential of UFOs. This is where I kind of want to read verbatim some of this stuff, guys. Um, So do forgive me, but again, I'm just exploring this like you guys are. In real time, regardless of its past evaluations, the Air Force could be wrong about a number of things. It can't even guess within a couple of billion dollars what one of its planes is going to cost. Maybe despite the skepticism of the scientists and other investigators, the UFOs sent from other planets do exist and have visited Earth. Not exactly sure where that quote comes from, but they start to talk about some of the effects are as follows of these UFOs. Uh, two principal hazard noted within relation to UFOs have been attributed to powerful electrical fields, which they can project in a general or localized area and the psychological effects they have produced on the general populace or individual uh, force field impact. Uh, the disruption of air and ground travel has often been reported in the presence of UFOs. Ignition systems of auto and aircraft engines have apparently been affected by energized force fields to such an extent as to stop uh, let's see what else we have here. Ooh, they go into a case in 78 from bueno Ar- Buenos Aires, a strange force shut off their engine and headlights of the um, Citroën C. Uh, GCG lifted it 15 feet off the road, then set it down a minute later at 75 miles to the north. The driver noticed yellow and violet light shining in his rearview mirror while driving the last leg of a long stock car race, and he realized that it was approaching too fast to be a competitor. A month later, a Colombian bank manager and a Navy officer had their car headlights go off when buzzed by a UFO. Really, really interesting. Ooh, they talk about the case in Mexico City where the, um, the Piper plane was uh, literally surrounded by three flying saucers. I actually covered that case in, in an episode of Case Files. So if you guys are not subscribed to the YouTube channel that you're watching right now, please subscribe. Please click the like button. Please share this video. Um, but I do a series called Case Files where I go through a UFO case in like less than five to eight minutes and give you the rundown about it. And so you can move on with your day. Um, and I did cover that case with Carlos de los Santos, I believe was the gentleman's name, where three UFOs surrounded his plane, hit it, and then sent his plane into a spiral. He almost died and was saved by the UFOs. I'm not kidding you. So yeah, that's really interesting that they bring this case up in this chapter. And then the other big one they talk about is communication disruption. Radio transmissions, whether it's with pilots in these UFOs trying to communicate with them, seems close to impossible. So they cannot communicate with the UFO. They cannot identify the thing in front of them. So it could be a threat, and that's extremely dangerous. So, yeah, I'm happy they brought that up as well regional power blackouts yeah of course emts fema fire departments are going to be called in when there are blackouts there's going to be emergencies happening all over the place you've got like the famous blackout in new york city i know oh they mention it right here actually blacked out all of new york um where ufos had been seen um during that blackout the famous blackout um, so, yeah, yeah, of course, these are things that firefighters need to be prepared for, that the blackout could have been caused by UFOs. So it's one of many explanations. Um I'm going to put this up. Vast says, third thing in fire department EMS, we have what's called duty to act. If you are on duty, you must help those in medical need if you come across them. Maybe this drives home that it includes everyone even aliens yeah i've heard that and you know you've got this idea too of like if a doctor's in a house they need to or anywhere they need to help someone if they're in trouble um or citizens even like you could be arrested for not helping someone that's in trouble. Um, You can literally be arrested for that. Um, I don't know how often it's, it's actually used, but yeah, I could understand that when it comes to EMTs, if they have the power and ability to help someone in a situation, no matter how weird the situation is, um, it could even be a threat to that firefighter or EMT themselves. They need to help. So why not be prepared for everything? Even aliens. Nick says, Ryan, you know how long I've been in the field to have my father's friend, a respected MFD deputy chief's cite The Cash Landrum case and Bentwater's case specifically threw me for a loop. I'm sure, man. I am sure. Talk about physiological effects. Man, those are two prime examples, which I'm sure are somewhere in this chapter about people being physically affected by UFOs. Um, with the Cash Landrum incident, everyone involved suffered radiation burns. I believe one or two of them died because of it. And um that's a crazy case. And they tried to sue the uh Air Force because they believed that whatever they saw was an Air Force project and the Air Force said, Nope, wasn't ours. We're not taking responsibility. We're not giving you any money to get help or anything. Um really sad, really, really sad case. Um then you have the Bentwaters case where one of the witnesses who touched the craft that landed in the forest in nineteen eighty, the Rendersham Forest case, if for those of you who want to look into it, um, he touched this UFO and um had really weird physical effects that caused heart failure in him many, many years later. And he went to veteran affairs and said, I need surgery or I'm going to die. Um, I believe this was caused by radiation or something that I, I had happened to me back when I saw UFO and veteran affairs was like, no, no, we're not going to help you with that. No, no. They sealed his records. He couldn't even get his medical records when they found out that this dude was at Bentwaters um, and part of this event. And he had to fight for years to get his records unsealed and to get medical assistance from the VA to literally save his life. And um, I believe even John McCain got involved and helped fight for this dude. And um, his name is John Burroughs. He was part of the now famous Rendlesham Forest incident. And... He got the help he needed, Um, he got surgery, saved his life, and it's the first time, I believe, documented that the Veteran Affairs said, we helped this guy because of a UFO event that happened to him in 1980. So, crazy, crazy. But it's all so more telling of why this chapter is here and the, the effects that a UFO could have on people. Hey guys, Ryan here. The Somewhere in the Skies podcast is a labor of love every week. And with that comes many different costs to keep the show running. That's where our Patreon campaign comes in. You give what you think the show is worth. There's different rewards available all the time, including shoutouts on the show, early editions of main episodes, bonus episodes and content, and very soon, monthly patron hangouts, where we sit back and chat all things UFOs. So I hope you'll consider becoming a Patreon subscriber today to learn more and to join. Visit Patreon.com/slash/somewhere skies. Thank you for your support and keep looking up.
0: Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection.
1: In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
2: Woo! I didn't even see this. Fireballs over Syracuse. Come on. I'm from Syracuse, New York. I didn't see this part before I got to here, guys. Um, this is pretty cool. Um, airplane pilots reported that UFOs are being chased across Pennsylvania. Electronics and construction engineers who are driving in the area of Syracuse. Woo woo, in the house. Airport saw UFOs moving about 5.30 p.m. Um, just prior to the great blackout. A veteran flight instructor who had been flying over Syracuse on a training flight saw a glowing globe over the power lines leading to Niagara Falls generating Plant. Hundreds of others saw the glowing object in the sky on the night of the big power failure. Dang, that's so cool. I think I knew about that case, but I, I haven't really looked into it. Um, but that leads me to something I don't know if they really talk about it in here, um, but we'll talk about it right now is um, they mentioned power plants. That's a big thing in the UFO field right now, too, is UFOs and nukes. UFOs have been witnessed and cited over nuclear installations for decades. Hundreds of cases of these things. Um, we had um Robert Sallis on the show maybe a month or so ago, um, which originally aired on Peter Robbins' show, Meanwhile, Here on Earth, where we talked to Robert Sallis about being a nuclear, literally like the head of a nuclear base underground where nu- nuclear missiles were being um, housed. And it was his job to push that button if push came to shove and we had to do it. And he and several others had a very dramatic UFO sighting over their base. Uh, This is Maelstrom Air Force Base. And um, I don't know how else to say it. The missiles were affected by the UFOs. Shut them down, which is insane. And there are hundreds of cases of this happening. Um, Robert and many others went in front of the National Press Club several times now to talk about this. And within weeks of them doing this event in Washington, we got this new Pentagon UAP uh, group. That's going to be starting up this year. Uh, So yeah, interesting times we're living in for sure. And all that more reflective with this chapter we're talking about tonight as well. Um, So yeah, I just want to touch on that a little. I am so sorry I can't pronounce your name. I'm so sorry, but I'm putting it up here. Ryan, do you believe disclosure will happen? Personally, if this will be truth, I'm not convinced this is a good idea. I think disclosure has already happened. I mean, we've had the U.S. government say UFOs exist. That's all I ever wanted. They haven't said what they are because I don't think they know what they are. So I think for every person who's seen a UFO or had some sort of experience, that's disclosure for them. And I saw a UFO. That was disclosure for me. So I think we need to move past this idea of striving for disclosure from the U.S. government. Uh, we believe they have been lying to us for many years. So why are we going to believe anything they say? Now, that's not to say I don't. Uh, this is so tough. It's not that I don't trust that the government doesn't want the best for their people. I believe they do. And maybe some of the lies they have told were to protect us. I don't know. I honestly can't say. Um, And that's a very you know, slippery slope to go down in terms of that. Um, So whether you believe the government is lying to us about UFOs or not, whether you believe they know everything or don't know anything um, has yet to be determined. I personally don't think they know a lot. And while they tried to deny a lot of it back during the Blue Book days, I think they made a mature uh, decision and are now looking at it in a different lens and saying, hey, we don't know a lot of what's going on. And we should probably look into it. And we don't have the capabilities to really understand it. So we should probably figure that out with our leading scientists and whatnot. So hopefully that's the the direction they're going in and not in, this is just another way to control the narrative and stamp it down and be another Project Blue Book. I don't know. Only time will tell. Um, But don't, I just, I will say don't waste your time on disclosure. Because it's already here. And it's never going to come in the form I think a lot of people think where, you know, white house lawn scenario where the president of the united states says ufos exist because a the world is a hell of a lot bigger than the united states and it's going to take a lot more world leaders to confirm that and agree with that and see how the world should move on from that moment on so i don't know i don't know there's so many hypotheticals when it comes to all that and i change my mind every day to be honest let's see you know what i'm going to do guys i have a brief video about a new segment that covered this chapter um, and I'd like to see what they have to say about it. Um, Vast says, hell of a warning on page 469. Good advice, me thinks. Vast, tell us what you're talking about, man, so we can expedite and get to what that is. Um, but go ahead and watch this video first, guys, about, um, this chapter and what they said back in 92.
3: Sightings like the Phoenix Lights have generated questions and made believers out of skeptics. And this 600-page guide may lend credibility to UFOs. It's the Fire Officer's Guide to Disaster Control and said to be found in firehouses across the U.S. The book covers everything from fires to floods. But it's Chapter 13 that takes an unusual twist in firefighting techniques titled Enemy Attack and UFO Potential.
0: It would not be remiss to give some thought to the part that fire departments might play in the event of the unexpected arrival of UFOs in their communities.
3: The book, written by two retired firefighters, addresses what first responders could encounter.
0: You may have engine trouble upon approaching the scene, and radio contact could be lost with your dispatcher. If at night your headlight could go out, the city could be blacked out, and your portable generators may malfunction... No, this took me by surprise.
3: Believers like Jim Mann see the book as an opportunity. This is a real phenomena that we should deal with. We should deal with seriously. So, is it for training purposes, or is it enough to warrant a UFO education? Red Alerts. This is something that could really happen in our lifetime. It even asks, how do you treat injured aliens? Are first responders aware of the potential physical injuries?
0: Some fire chiefs have little confidence in disaster plans, especially those dealing with UFOs or enemy attack.
3: We contacted several fire agencies regarding this book, and some even called us. However, not one admitted to using it for training, although some are aware it exists. Yeah, You know what, Chris? It just shows you that uh, serious, professional people are starting to take this. This whole uh, subject of UFOs and ETs, they're starting to take this seriously. Jim Mann investigates sightings and encounters for the mutual UFO network known as MUFON. This is a real threat to this planet. MUFON has its own investigative guide seen here publicly for the first time. And I don't think we're crackpots. I think that we're just people that uh, want to be aware of what's going on. We don't know where we came from. We don't know where we're going. And one of the authors of this book says many people miss the point regarding that chapter in UFOs, saying previously, quote, whether they exist or not is not the issue. It's the perceived existence which creates the potential for panic, injury, and even death.
2: Yeah, so that was pretty cool. Um, Within the limited time I had to kind of throw together this um, episode tonight, I was able to find that new segment um, talking about helping injured aliens, that didn't even dawn on me. Like, yeah, if a UFO crashes, we need to help those beings as well. We have just as much of a responsibility to do that as if humans got injured. Um, God, that didn't even cross my mind. Um, So, yeah, just imagine if we had, uh, you know, EMTs on site when uh, the Roswell UFO crash happened. Did they help the aliens? I don't know. I don't know. That's a mystery yet to be fully decoded. That's a Mysteries Decoded reference for any of you out there. Anyways, I thought it was cool that they quoted one of the authors of this chapter. Um, And I did want to expand on that, um, the quote that he was talking about. So I'm going to go ahead and read Bill Kramer, one of the authors. Um, These are direct quotes from him about the chapter. Uh, let's see here. It is no laughing matter. Many people miss the point of the chapter about UFOs. Whether they exist or not is not the issue. It's the perceived existence which creates the potential for panic, injury, and even death. I know they said that in the news segment, um, but he does expand. He says here, I use the term UFO liter- literally to refer to any unidentified flying object, not just to mean an alien spaceship, as the term is usually associated. Unidentified simply means nobody knows what it is, but it still scares the hell out of people. There have been a number of incidents over the years that have induced panic, going back to the famous Orson Welles radio presentation of War of the Worlds in 1938, when some listeners feared that there was a real Martian or misidentified German attack underway and reportedly fled the region or took up arms. More recent incidents include a perceived religious sighting in New York that caused traffic problems. Yeah, so that comes straight from the author of this chapter. A lot of this has to do with what we are actually going to talk about next, and that is the panic hazard, just like he said. um, What happened with War of the Worlds? We don't want another scenario where if this happens, and if we do learn that UFOs have landed and there are from another planet, or we don't know where they're from, that people aren't freaking out and grabbing arms and going out and shooting at the UFOs or shooting at each other. Um, we all have those scenarios in our head of how we would react to situations like an alien invasion or zombies or or anything, even a real-world terrorist attack. A lot of us don't know what we would do in those situations until we're in, in them. So um, that's what this is about. What if aliens were here? What if a UFO did land? What if 20 UFOs landed? Um, One in every country around the world, like arrival style. Like what would we do? And those are the questions being posed in this chapter. Um, So yeah, it's pretty cool to hear the author say this wasn't like a practical joke or it's not worth snickering at. Like we need you guys to be prepared if this happens. That's it. Point. Simple. Point game match. Done. UFOs could be a threat. Um, let's see what else here. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mark serious Studio says germs, bacteria, anything could all play a role too. I mean, you know, what if these were alien and they came here and they landed and the aliens got out and immediately whatever their biological makeup is, is so dangerous or, you know, uh, infectious to us here on earth. That it causes a pandemic, I I don't know. Like, but those are things that could happen. So again, we gotta we gotta figure out how to deal with that. So that's such a good point. Such a, such a good point. Ethereal Aura, welcome to the show. What of the worlds weren't a lot of people freaked out? They did flood the phone lines, um, but that wasn't the, that wasn't that hard in those days. Very true. Very true. An alien with a cold could wipe out the planet if the strain is unresisted. Very true, BN. Very, very true. Uh, Let's see what else we have here, guys. Um, And who was it in the chat? Vast, Vast Twilight Podcast said page 16. There's some good stuff. So let me get down there. Emergency action. Let's go ahead and read this here from the chapter. In view of the fact that many ufologists believe that we are fast approaching a time when overt landings of UFOs will become less remarkable, and in the absence of our knowing whether their visits are Uh, friendly or hostile, it would not be remiss to give some thought to the part that fire departments might play in the event of the unexpected arrival of UFOs in their communities. For example, what would be your course of action as an incident commander at the scene of a school ground where a UFO is crashed into a boiler room, rupturing a fuel line and igniting as occurred in spilling oil, endangering the occupants of the craft who are trapped in the wreckage? What a scenario. That's, wow. I feel like I'm reading a screenplay. Um, Endangering the occupants. If your rescue attempts are successful and two of the five small alien creatures are injured but still alive, how do you dispose of the dead and treat the survivals? How would the presence of children on the school grounds affect your actions? What persons and agencies would be notified? That's, gosh, I mean, I don't know, but hell to be in that situation i I can't even imagine so good i'm glad these questions are being posed so if it happens they will know how to deal with it oh they even quote frank edwards his book on flying saucers for warning quote near approaches of ufos can be harmful to human beings do not stand under a ufo do not that is hovering at low altitude do not touch or attempt to touch uh, do not touch or attempt to touch a UFO that has landed in either case. The safe thing to do is to get away from it very quickly and let the military take over. There is a possibility of radiation danger. And, uh, there are known cases where persons have been burned by rays emanating from UFOs. Don't take chances with UFOs. (laughs) I love that. Uh, In the view of federal law empowering NASA's administrator to impound without a hearing anyone who touches UFO or its occupants, it would be inadvisable to make personal contact unless you are willing to submit to NASA's quarantine requirements, should the law be invoked. Crazy. Uh, They go into Jacques Vallée talking about... um, A lot of different things from his book, Invisible College, cautions that we should consider psychic effects, such as space-time distortion experienced by percipients of craft-like devices which appear to fade away, dematerialize, and then reappear of alien strange voices or thoughts that may affect involuntary changes in the manner in which witnesses may react in such circumstances. Wow. It looks like we're kind of getting to the end of the chapter here, guys. There's so much I did not talk about that I highly suggest you read for yourselves. Uh, Nicholas says, the reference to school children brings to mind the South African case. Yes, um, the Zimbabwe, Rua Zimbabwe case um, that uh, uh, John Mack investigated. He actually flew all the way to Zimbabwe I days I want to say after that event happened in the schoolyard and interviewed the children, the witnesses of that. um, And it was crazy where a UFO landed and like 60 school children watched as some sort of being or beings came out of this craft. Kind of walked around for a little bit, um, got close up to the children and telepathically communicated with them. And like this all sounds like science fiction, but it's so well documented. And so many of those child witnesses now as adults stick to the story. Um, two of which I've spoken to personally and have interviewed on Somewhere in the Skies about the event and how it affected their lives. Um, I did recently put one of my lectures on, um, Patreon. So if you're a member of our Patreon campaign, you can watch my, my lecture about the human Uh, effects of UFO events and how they affect people on every level. And I did interview one of the witnesses about uh, how her life was affected dramatically by the Ruiz Zimbabwe uh, UFO case and um, how it changed her life. Uh, So yeah, you can go find that on our Patreon right now, patreon.com slash somewhere skies. Nicholas says the Australian case too. Yes. Yeah. So many weird schoolyard uh, sightings that have happened and landings. So yeah, we need to bring in whatever is going to contain the situation, whether it's fire, EMT, police officers, military, uh, to figure out what the hell is going on. Cause there've been way too many school UFO landings for my taste. Let's see. Tommy says this UFO chapter has more detail than the rest of the disaster control chapters put together. The detail they go into is unbelievable. Ryan, I know Tommy again, I don't know if it's the passion of the writers to really get their UFO knowledge out there and flex it and get it published somehow. Um, And it's through one of these manuals, but I do understand why it's here and why it remained in the book, because it is a scenario that we have to be ready for. And I did mention this on the air force Academy episode with Dan Warren and Luis Jimenez that um, there's a contingency plan for everything. Literally everything. We did mention zombies. There is, there are, plans set up if there is a ufo invasion if there is a zombie like uh infection going on around the world or whatnot or or literally the dead coming back to to exact revenge or eat our brains um there are so many things set in place for stuff like this so while the chapter doesn't surprise me it does surprise me in terms of the content and how uh descriptive and hypothetical it is and what do they know And why is it truly here? We may never, never know. Um, So what I think I'm going to do, guys, is start wrapping things up. Um, We've covered enough. I highly suggest you go read the chapter. Uh, Once again, um, I will put the link for it in the show notes. But let's go to the conclusions that the chapter drew. I think that would be pretty cool. Um, They do have that here to kind of wrap things up. Some fire chiefs have little confidence in disaster plans, especially those dealing with UFOs or enemy attack. If you develop a plan that sets forth your responsibilities, resources, organizations, supplies, information, telephone numbers, and special data that will be useful in obtaining help and fulfilling your role in disaster control, commit it to an electronic medium, a computer with a capability for continuous updating through modern word processing. Remember, this is written in 1992. (laughs) Bring it forth when the need requires. With a good plan, good leadership, and adequate resources, you may save many lives in any disaster, including attack from possible enemies or UFOs. So, yeah, again, like, this entire manual um, is made for preparedness in any situation. So, I think it's so cool that, once again, chapter 13, in another official book, manual, textbook is about UFOs. And I thought it was so cool that this came to my attention literally within weeks of Dan Warren putting out this Air Force Academy thing, um, which is so cool. I'm sure there are so many other books and flyers and pamphlets that military branches have put out throughout the years. I know Isaac Coy, the the UFO researcher, has highlighted some of those. Kirk Collins as well um, in their work. So I'm going to seek those out and see what else is out there on UFOs. But I thought this is really cool. I was really happy to have Nick and and other people in the chat talking about their experiences with this kind of stuff. Let's see um bn says basically saying some people refuse to take this serious so here's who to call yeah and again like this was the whole issue with um the stigma attached to reporting ufos in the military and it's been that way for many years and that is changing the pentagon the uap task force the department of defense is saying report these things we need to shed the ridicule in reporting ufos we're not going to put you on desk duty we're not going to make fun of you these could be a potential threat to national security, and we need to know about them. Please report them. So, I think it's the same with something like this. Like, it's funny to think, oh, little green men and flying saucers and this and that. But at the end of the day, like, this could happen. And even if it's not aliens, if we don't know who it is or why it's happening, uh, it could be a big problem and it could be a threat. And are, you know, our people here to protect us and to help us and save us? They need to know how to deal with it. So I think it's pretty cool that this chapter is out there. You could buy the textbook, like I said, still just type the the title into um, Amazon. It should pop up. Um, Maybe we will find some firefighters or people who actually did come across this chapter. And I would love, love, love to hear their thoughts on what they thought about it. Um, So, yeah, someone in the chat also mentioned the references in this appendix here. It is an incredible resource of, um, things to do with, uh, UFOs and, um, uh, chemical warfare, nuclear weapons, um, just a litany of different things. So it's obvious that the writers of the chapter did their homework. It's very clear on that. Um, so again, I'm seeing the word UFO and blue book pop up everywhere in here. So cool. That's about it guys. I'm glad that you, um, followed me on this fun journey tonight. Again, this isn't going to change anything. It's not going to change anyone's minds on UFOs. It's been talked about before. Um, It is not a revelation. Um, But I just discovered it. So it's a revelation for me. So let me live it. Let you out there who didn't know about it, live it. Um, Shane, who brought this to my attention, let him live it. And um, just have fun. Have fun with this topic. While this is serious about emergencies and hazards and 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 stuff like that, like take some solace in knowing that this is crazy. There's manuals and textbooks out there having to do with UFOs. I believe it's the University of Michigan who is putting a UFO course online. And um, yeah, go university of michigan um we are seeing ufo courses pop up in universities all over the country and presumably the world as well not just the united states um so yeah yeah i look forward to more ufo courses being taught in school as well in every way shape and form don't be afraid to reach out to me um that goes for if you've had a ufo sighting um, if you want to be featured on an upcoming witness accounts episode of the show where I literally have you come on and talk about your UFO sightings in your own words, I'm not there. It's just you recording it, sending it to me, and I play it with others as well. Um, you can use your name or you don't have to. It's a chance for you to get it off your chest and talk about it with people who understand what you've been through and, um, and like hearing about this stuff. The more people who talk about it, The more normal it becomes and we're living in an age where this topic is being accepted more than ever before so feel fortunate that we're living in a time now where we can talk about ufos (laughs) and um most people aren't laughing about it. it we've come a long way we truly truly have so i appreciate everyone who um is in this journey with me to try to find the truth about ufos none of us are experts None of us truly know what's going on. And those who say they do know what's going on, those aren't the people you want to be listening to. This is a constant journey of learning. Um, The phenomena seems to always be two steps ahead of us, but maybe one day it'll be one step and then maybe we will be in step with it soon. I can't tell you, but um if it doesn't happen in my lifetime, I hope it happens to my kids for sure. Um, But I think I'm going to wrap it up there, guys. Thank you for joining me tonight. And as always, keep your feet on the ground, but never stop searching somewhere in the skies.
1: Somewhere in the Skies is produced by Third Kind Productions in association with the Entertainment One Podcast Network.
0: Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves, Without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5 in 1. Only from Rust Oleum.
1: Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.